Welcome back to the Ascari Cast. My name is Rod Van Blake, author of the Ancient Illumination series, as well as Amplani Chronicles. I'm joined once again by Andrea Rose Washington. Hello. She is the author of Adolithia, Elendo, and Almond Trees Magic. And we are also joined by Jocelyn Short. Hi. She is a digital artist, uh, creator, graphic designer, concept artist for all of your concept art needs. Uh, be sure to check the link out to her website as well as to Andre Rose Washington's link tree so you can check out her books. And today we are talking about Star Wars Visions. May the 4th be with you, everybody out there. Uh, they just released them today, which is an anthology of short animations that I found interesting a while back. I don't know if you guys saw the first season. <clears throat> but I, I just saw, so I have watched the wrong episodes at first that you okay. said you watched, so I watched the first two of the first season. I watched the first two of the second season after I realized what I had done. Okay. But, <laughs> no but no I, worries. Um, the first season was was intriguing to me mainly because it was done by seven separate Japanese animation studios. So this was going to be a different take on Star Wars, where they basically just said, this is our world, but we're giving these studios a chance to kind of play in our sandbox. And it was unrestricted. So it wasn't like something you had to have watched Star Wars or read the books, looked back Clone Wars, all the movies, TV shows, disconnected from any of that. So you didn't really feel lost. You could just jump in wherever you jump in, which I thought was kind of an attractive feature for those that may be kind of apprehensive about jumping into something where there's so much media out there. And the fact that it was basically an art show, pretty much, um, to showcase different studios. But in my opinion, each episode is kind of hit or miss. It's kind of like the Forrest Gump. You never know what you're going to get with, with each one. So it could be really good or it could be kind of off-putting and not as enjoyable for you, especially if you don't connect with the art. Um, the first episode, Sith, um, I liked a lot, mainly because it was pretty much a visual art show to me. It really, there was very little dialogue. Um, it looked like a painting, like a, just a painting that kind of moves. Um, it was kind of washed out uh, with the colors uh, mainly being a highlight. Um, written and directed by Rodrigo Blas, um, the CFX artist El Geary Studios. Um, Pablo Dominguez was the concept artist. And Ursula Cabrero is the voice of the apprentice or the main character, the female that we see with the droid. And Louis Tozar is the voice of the Sith Master. Um, really interesting, washed out almost purposely to me to look at as if it was like unfinished until like it was like underscored by pops of color as you moved along. There were themes of light and dark expressed via the context of art. And this, I think, was a new take, but it pretty much wasn't a show. It was almost like an art show. What did you guys think? I thought that episode was very beautiful, just like just visually stunning. Um, I was really blown away by like how the whole thing was animated. 
Um, it felt similar to how like Into the Spider-Verse is animated, mm -hmm. um, where everything looks like it's been drawn on top of like a 3D model and animated. So like, I'm very curious, just from an artist's perspective, like how, what, I, I would love to hear the artists talk about how they went about making, like I'm curious with software and, you know, what, what the process was, but I thought visually it was stunning. Um, I thought it was like a simple message, you know, which was still like impactful. And it, it made me think about kind of the Star Wars universe about like the Siths in the Star Wars universe. Like I feel like anybody, I thought at first that like it was specific characters could be like Siths and Jedis, but it seems like that is not exclusive to just any particular person. Like anybody can kind of be these things. Mm -hmm. Am I wrong about that? I'm not sure, but that's what it felt like watching some of these episodes but this episode specifically i just thought was visually very stunning yeah it was art right? um so the art was beautiful yeah uh, <laughs> i like that it even looked like you said rod almost unfinished there was a scene where like they were showing her legs and it looked like you could see part of the brush strokes that like created her form um and how, like, I guess as the story continued, the art continued um, and it grew. So it was like, it started off, episode start, almost started off with nothing. You didn't know what you were looking at. And it was very, it was such an unfinished world. And the further you got into the episode, the more you saw it come together. Mm. Um, even if you didn't really fully understand why it was coming together. Um, I have to say, uh, not spoiler alert, but like, just as a... FYI, I am not a Star Wars fan. So the whole Sith part, <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with Star Wars. There is literally nothing. <laughs> um, I love lightsabers. I love them. I love them. I almost bought a $500 one at New York Comic Con. Um, but like, it's just, it was never my thing. Um, so like the whole Sith part was like, okay. It was for me it was more of the story the visual story that they were telling so for yeah. sith it was a very um interesting take very interesting different from anything else i've ever seen for star wars even with like the clone wars i know when like it was um when we had like originally sp spoke about season one like possibly doing it i was envisioning clone wars and i was just like i really don't want to watch a cartoon about star you know what? You know what? I was thinking about you when I was watching it, Sierra, because like I know how into Harry Potter you are, and mm -hmm. like I thought about like Sith or you know people who have power to become Sith. I thought of it almost as as if like those people are in are like meant to be in Slytherin House. Or the Death Eaters. They're Death Eaters, but not does not necessarily mean they're in Slytherin. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> fair, fair enough. But that, okay, so this episode to me just looked like her journey was like I'm not a Death Eater, and she like you know was yeah. Like, it, it, uh, except if Snape was a painter. No, we're doing regular black. Snape doesn't get a redemption arc. <laughs> <laughs> no. But you know, um, 
No, so it was. I will. I can say it is a very visually stunning um, episode, and it really did remind me of Into the Spider Verse. Um, that's all I could think of when I was watching it. It's like, oh, this is this is interesting. Except it's not as done as as Into the Spider Verse, which I think made me like it a little bit more because I guess in the beginning she doesn't really know what she's doing. Yeah. Um, it seems like she's just existing in that spot and she's painting and we don't really know why she's painting we don't know what it matters because at first I thought oh she's painting for someone then we find out that she's alone um, so it was like is she it's like we don't know her story and neither does she and then as she realizes okay we're gonna go somewhere more inhabited it's like it starts to solidify I have I have a painter's perspective on that whole episode or at least just the beginning part well not the whole episode so like um, I related a little bit to kind of what was going on because I, th- you know, sometimes you paint as a way of escapism, which I feel like kind of that's probably what she was doing, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but she was like, uh, "There's, it seems like the darkness keeps trying to come out, like I can't get away from it, you know." And sometimes, and I feel like you guys can understand this too as writers, where sometimes the stuff that you are trying to write to maybe get away from or just like write something a a better outcome for something that you don't like how it's going it still can come out some kind of way because it has to come out i feel like that's kind of you know the general kind of idea of what was happening with her when she was painting and her past (laughs) came catch up with her you know even after the after she was just like, "What's this dark stuff in this painting?" and then oop, the dark stuff just shows up at her doorstep, you know. She's pretty much an apprentice, obviously from the the, the title card and watching it. She was a Sith apprentice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm that character that destroyed whatever that beacon was. She went to look at when she thought it was a meteorite that hit it, and she had ran away from him. And basically, he had come back to have her finish her training, and that's kind of hard to gauge what time this would be because in the old republic there would be only two of the Sith it'd be one master and one apprentice but he had like two homeboys and homegirls we don't know what the, the genders of the two they're people. droids they were those were killer droids okay they're droids yeah, yeah. only okay. because I read the behind the scene thing because I was like well, who are those people <laughs> yeah because they look helmeted so I was like yeah oh. Who are because um, I, I didn't know whether you know there were more with him. But yeah, if that's two droids and it still fits in. I was trying to time where in the timeline this would be because they're kind of given free reign. El Giri still is out of uh, Madrid in Spain, so it's cool to see another uh, international studio get a crack at this to see what their take would be. And I did feel like she was trying to get rid of the darkness, and the darkness was coming through in the painting as well because he had that scene where she's basically trying to like wipe over this entire wall and it becomes just shot through with dark. And then once the uh, Sith Master confronts her at the end, when she changes, somehow she changes the room over and it becomes this big white like canvas with splashes of color. And he's like, this is what you left for. And then he does something where he you know pushes forward and darkness comes back. There were lots of beautiful vistas in this. Um, Especially when she goes to check out the, the satellite or whatever that was, 
And when the whole color palette turn, turned to be like completely orange or red, when you mm-hmm. keep face them behind her. Yeah. Um, this, I think, is the best of visions and what it can be. And I saw the same thing similarly with the Japanese studios in the previous season. Um, and like I said, these these episodes are kind of hit and miss. The, the second episode, which we'll talk about in a bit, was a miss for me, mainly because it was kind of more of the same. It didn't take the leaps uh, creatively that this episode did. Like you said, very different from a lot of the things I've seen before. It wasn't like other animations. I like the art direction. The style of the art was very cool. Um, had to have been expensive because of the CGI involved, but less so because there was, what, two actors uh, to voice mm-hmm. act, and maybe they did motion cap on a few of them. And it was only like 15 minutes long versus yeah. doing it for like the entire two-hour block. Yeah, so as a creator, I'm like, I'm curious, I'm like, how much was this to pull off? I wonder if we could make something like this along that vein within the worlds that we created. It would be cool to find out. But yeah, it was very well done uh, and very different from most things, which I think made it kind of stand apart, which is what kind of made the contrast when I went to the next episode kind of, in my eyes, disappointing. Can we go to the next episode? Because... Can we work? Can we tr- can we venture off into the next episode? Because I have some words about that one. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you do. Um, and it was it was that that one's Lucas Lucas film. So I was like, no, we don't need to do. We we have everything from Lucas film and Disney. Let this was a good opportunity for me, in my opinion, to have other studios kind of shine, which is what the last season did. Um, like I said, I didn't relate to all of the episodes in season one. There were nine episodes, I believe, in that season. Um, but they were well done. And again, it was very dip- a different presentation than the stuff that you know we were used to. Like you said, Andre, I didn't want to see just nine extra episodes of Clone Wars. Yeah. That's what this was going to be. Like, no, we, we've kind of seen that. I don't need that. It's not anything different. Why are we giving giving me this? And um, this was one of the bright spots, at least. I've only watched the first two. I haven't ventured on it and, and done the rest in, in case we, we discuss them um, as well. But this was a highlight to me. Um, but yeah, and, any other thoughts? How do you think about the action in the, that, the, that we got? The action that we got? In, in the first one or the second one? First one. The action was... It was interesting because of the way, because of the art style. Mm-hmm. So, like, the lightsabers didn't move it, like, they didn't look exactly like I thought they would because it was more like brush strokes than like fine lines. Yeah. Um, so the it was, it was different. Hmm? The chemtrails from the jetpacks when they flew off after yeah. them, jumping their cycle were kind of like brush strokes as well. So it was different. Not bad, just different. Yeah. I I liked it a lot. Um, I've I found myself just because like you said, because the art was so visually stunning, I felt myself like really paying attention to like each moment that was a, a picture. So like, you know, frame by frame by frame, I like was making my eyes slow down what was happening so I could like see I was studying it. I was like, how can I put this in what I'm doing? Yeah. Um but I, I thought it was, yeah, I thought the action was very interesting because of how it looked. Um, I thought that her making her own lightsaber was really cool. 
Um, I don't know how that functions in this world. Like, is that like a, a, a common thing that people do? Like they can craft their own lightsabers or was this just like an offshoot kind of idea that they just put in here? I thought, you know, her thing was yellow and it was curved and I was like, that's new. Was mm -hmm. that about? So I was curious about that. Yeah, and that's kind of a divergence from the Sith because traditionally they would have, all of them would have a red lightsaber. And really what she did once she ignited the second half as the battle grew on, the other half was red. Mm -hmm. So the top had the new half was the yellow. And yeah, that would be something that every Sith and every Jedi in fact as well, uh, it's part of their progression is to get to the point where they can build and construct their own lightsaber. They find their crystal, they put it together and make sure that it functions well. Um, so when, yeah, he saw the yellow one, it was like, oh, you, you created your own. So she's, in his eyes, had progressed to the point where she could create her own. So I don't know if maybe he had made the first one for her that was red. Like, this is what you get, this is your color, and, and we're gonna rock like that. And so he, okay, on your own, you've made your own. And part of that also revealed that she kind of had to embrace both sides of her. And that's when she uses both the yellow and the red to, kind of combat him you're like you're about to say something like that like clarifying question again because and i will say i have seen all of the star wars movies like i've seen all of them still okay. don't just over my head the sense of the bad guys right yes okay because i'm like i was sort of confused in the very beginning when i started watching it so i was just like okay so you gave up being a bad guy but you're still a bad guy because you're because when her when her other half ignited as red i was like so are you still a bad guy because wouldn't you not be using a red one wouldn't it not be red anymore if she was no longer a bad guy when no it's not gonna change the color of it just like a sith could pick up a regular blue lightsaber it's not gonna change red in the hands the, the crystal inside is what makes the color oh be like was it a wreck your ralph situation where it was like just because she's a bad guy doesn't mean she's a bad guy. So I thought it was like their intentions change the colors. Because again, I have not gone deep into this world. Um, I thought it was like their intentions showed the color. That's why like you had green and blue and red. Not uh, because it's a crystal that was that color. It's different colored crystals and lore has changed over time where before it was just a synthetic crystal for the Sith. And then recent after Disney took it over, they changed it so that the Sith had to put some of their essence into the crystal to, to bleed it basically to make it red. Um, and while the Jedi were searching for these natural crystals, which would be uh, green, yellow, blue, or orange um, in their natural state. Or purple. Or purple because Sam Jackson <laughs> wanted a purple lightsaber when he came over. So that was pretty cool. You get, he got to choose his own color as, as part of the deal, put it in his contract. But so. Yeah, yeah, that was my only confusing part. I was just like, why is it still red if you're, like, not a Sith anymore? <laughs> yeah, it would still be red. Um, because it's, one... it's still darkness in our heart. In our yeah. heart. Yeah. But... Okay, we're not, I'm not going to get into that debate because <laughs> this would be more of me just asking Star Wars questions and everyone listening would just be like, not the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it is an interesting dichotomy. Um, she apparently had had you know forsaken the ways of the Sith and wanted to just kind of ride off in the sunset. It's kind of like the gang, like homie, you can't 
you can't just stop being the gang member. You, <laughs> there's only one but way out. Right out. Yeah. He even tells her, like, the only way you can escape is to become a Sith master. Basically, just defeat him to become the master because that's the way the Sith work. Like, you become a master by destroying your master, and then you have to go out and find your apprentice, and the cycle just kind of continues. Um, Wait, seriously? Yeah. You can only become a master by killing your master. Why would I ever take an apprentice? I feel like she probably just opted (laughs) Maybe that's why she left. She's like, "Mm -hmm." Yeah. Like, I don't want to do any of this. I'm cool. I didn't know about that part of the contract. I'm going to have to uh, renege. I'm going to see y'all later. If I was the master, I'm like, forget those kids. (laughs) Not today. I'm going to live forever. Yeah, maybe you get to that point. Yeah. This was a cool episode. Um since uh like I said the sponsor got changed and taken away since uh Anchor changed over to Spotify for podcasters. We're gonna talk about tough raps. Go to toughraps.com if you still want to support the channel. The discount code for 10% off is Jack Ryder. J-A-C-K-E-D-W-R-I-T-E-R, Jack Ryder, for all you health-conscious nerds out there that want to get your workout on and uh, help uh, your knees and your uh, wrist wraps. That's what I get most of the time in t-shirts, cool stuff like that. Uh, Toughwraps.com. Now let's move on to episode two, Screechers Reach, which was by Lucasfilm. Uh, What was it? Cartoon Saloon and Lucas film animation this to me wasn't this um it was odd the art style was not all that unique to me it was more of the same uh thematically it was okay uh basically this was kind of the haunted house trope just set in some weird way off sci-fi land uh with star wars trappings that you really don't get until kind of the very end uh yeah, a group of kids that are in like some type of mine. Um, the art style was okay. It wasn't bad art. Let me get that out of the way. It wasn't bad art. It just wasn't very unique to me. I feel like they messed up by putting this after episode one because mm-hmm. episode one has such a unique and different art style and you're like, oh my gosh, visually it's stunning. And then you go to this and you're just like... This is on Cartoon Network. What are we doing? <laughs> um, and not to say again, it was not bad art. It was just compared to what, like, this should have been episode one. And then, like, the other one should have been episode two because, like, you never want someone's expectation to lower. You want their expectations to rise. Yeah. And I felt like my expectations lowered in both the story format and the art format because it just wasn't. As good as episode one, in my opinion. I agree with you. And it was one of their own. Uh, I felt like, let the other studios play. Yeah. Lucasfilm, why you gotta... I don't feel as bad now that I know it's Lucasfilms that did this. Because I was like, oh God, I don't want to like hurt some like small... (laughs) I don't feel as bad anymore. (laughs) Let one of the other studios play... and be unique because you've already you already own it. So why are you why are you jumping in? And if you're going to jump in, then you better jump in with a banger. That's my opinion. Like yeah, you better jump in with a banger. Don't jump in with no mid stuff in your own when you're letting other studios outdo you 
in your own stuff. That's that don't make no sense to me. And then was it me or did they have like a weird like Irish accent? Like the characters for, for Screech's Reach. They did have an accent. I can't place if it was Irish or not. Yeah. Um, I'll say the story felt really rushed to me. Yeah. It was a play. You said you saw the original Star Wars? Yeah, I've seen all the movies. Okay. Except the very last one, but I've seen all the movies. So Empire Strikes Back, where Luke Skywalker goes into the cave to basically face his demons, was basically mm-hmm. what this was to me. Um, they got okay. a group of kids that are kind of they're going to this haunted area or this cave that they're not supposed to go to. Everybody's afraid of it. It's like the broken down house when that little kids see the broken down house at the end of the street that, that is, is rumored to be haunted and like, don't go over there in Mr. Johnson's yard. Something's wrong with that house. That was what this kind of felt like to me. And you got this one kid who's stubborn, who feels that they want to do something greater. And for whatever reason, that something greater is going up to this Screechers Reach haunted cave thing and is going to confront their demons in order to come out the other side the better for it. What it seemed like to me. But it was basically like when Yoda tells Luke to go into the cave and what are you going to see in there? You know, you can't take any weapons, you just take yourself. So I, I have an, an opposing view. Um, okay. okay. Um, <laughs> I mean, you're wrong, but okay. It's <laughs> fine. It's messing. I mean, I, I, I'm not necessarily going to say that the episode was extraordinary by any means. Um, but I thought that, you know, I thought it was very interesting. I liked the art style a lot. Um, it reminded me of this game called Wildermyth, um, which is like a D&D kind of game that you can play with your friends and the art style is very much like pop-up book. And um, I felt like the art style was like pop-up book, like um, reminiscent of like childhood of innocence. And I felt like that was like that art style was carrying the motif um, of like leading up to kind of the betrayal at the end of the episode, which this episode made me really sad. I was really sad at the end of it. Really? Yeah. Um, and to be fair, I haven't seen all the Star Wars movies yet. So like this felt, you know, I'm not saying like it's ne- that, like it's a, a brand new idea or concept by any means, you know, but mm-hmm. it's, still, you know, I still, I got, I got what they were, I picked up what they was putting down. Okay. I, okay. I, you know, I felt what they was trying to portray. Like I, I felt sad at the end because like the family is just like, all right, we're just going to go where you're telling us to go all right and then you know the main character gets through the end of that cave or whatever um kills the screecher and um i feel like they didn't know that that was the like that what they were killing was like a real thing you know a real person they were killing all right and so i feel like that was like a shift of like oh oh shit like maybe i'm turning bad or something like maybe that's bad Okay, and then like the ship comes and then it's like this reveal to the rest of the family like, oh yeah, I did this because this sucks. <laughs> like I have to leave, I'm leaving you. And it, I don't know, it was just heartbroken for the family. I So it was just sad, it was sad. Like, I, you know, it felt like the childhood picture book was being torn up at the end. So maybe I'm taking it too far, but that's how I feel. <laughs> yeah. 
it's kind of I can see that it's kind of a disconnect because with so little time, I think this one was also like 16 minutes, so there's not much time to give us as much story to flesh everything out. Um, I didn't get the feeling that that the kids were all related, but that they just hung out there. Like they were like their own little family of friends, their own little group. And my thing is like they at the end they seem not to know that you've been communicating with this person. I think I feel like the K the K thing was a test put there purposely to ensnare someone, whoever's gonna be badass enough to come in there and fight this thing and get this saber, because that's what she ends up getting. I, we're not really given names of the person that comes in off the ship, but she like pushes the lightsaber hilt to her, like, this is yours now. Like you've earned this and now you must come with me on this path and obviously it's a path down the dark side because you see the red lightsaber yeah. that you took and all it's that the Sith mother Sith mother okay yeah but the the other kids seem to be taken aback like they don't like who this they don't know who that is like you didn't tell me you was talking to nobody off planet to come in their little fancy shit to take you away like you can't just What's going on here? The littlest one is all crying. Everybody's got tears welling up. It was kind of a sad moment, but I felt their betrayal. I was like, "Oh my god! Like you're leaving us, and you're leaving us to be like a bad person, like and kill people." Dang! <laughs> they may not know. <laughs> they may not know of the Sith because they've been kind of secretive for so many years. Like a lot of people think they're a myth that they don't actually exist. So. Just same thing with the Jedi when they disappeared for a long period of time. So it may be that they've been on this little mining colony and just stayed there and didn't know that this was real stuff. And all of a sudden, the spaceship comes up. My my homegirl that's been with me for all the time we've lived here is walking out this cave with a lightsaber talking about you leaving. Like, so the dead part inside of me, because we all know Andrea's dead inside. Um, I felt happy that she was gone. I was like, go ahead, little girl, because I didn't like her. Dal, D-A-A-L, whatever. I didn't like her. I was like, first of all, if you didn't want your friends to come, you should have just said don't come because you ditched them every single chance you got. Um, You, it was very, I understand you want more for your life because even even her, one of the older friends was like, I know you want more for this. At that point, I would have just been like, don't come with me because I don't know what I'm going to see, but this is something I need to do on my own. Um, It was, I didn't like her, so <laughs> I was sort of hoping she was going to not survive this episode. Oh, wow. <laughs> when she was getting pulled down, I was like, oh, okay, bye-bye. And I was like, oh, she survived it. I mean, um, to be fair, you know, she, she Andrea did. is the dark side. What are you talking about? You want her to die? Like, I didn't, I wasn't rooting for her death. I just would not have been sad if it happened. Okay. That's still kind of dark right there. Like. Um, she put the kids in danger. She did tell them, like, no, wait, go back. Like, don't follow me all the way up in here. But she could have left them all the way out the cave. You're like, they didn't have to. told them, don't come. Yeah. Place, don't yeah. come. Um, And then... For her to cry, leaving, can my friends come too? And it's just like, you don't, and like, if you're gonna be bad, you be bad, but don't bring your other friends down this road with you. I wonder um, if she knew what was happening. Like, no, I, she didn't. okay. But that doesn't excuse it. Um, well, she knew she was talking to something in her necklace, but she, I don't think she knew it was the Sith that she was talking to. 
Yeah, but my thing is, you don't like you don't know exactly what you're signing up for. Uh, that doesn't mean you signed me up for it too. Like, yeah, come along. Like, no, nah, if you don't know what you're doing, don't bring me into that because now I'm a party to something that might go really bad. And because we all from the outside looking in know that the sits are bad. And yes, that's, that's it's going to be a, a bad journey. And from the previous episode, you know how, you know, how you going to take over. Uh, you said the Sith mother. So only, yeah. the only way she's going to become the Sith mother is to kill Sith mother. So what's going to happen to her friends? So one of them, like I said, it's only supposed to be two. So it's a war of attrition after a while <laughs> to become master. It's, um, and it also made me like the fact that they, the Sith mother looks so friendly. Like, come on. Like, that's just false advertisement because the Sith are the bad people. <laughs> Not looking like a mom that she needs and like for love and attention. As soon as the ship showed up on screen, I was like, "Oh no!" Like it's it's triangle pointing down. You know, I was Mm -hmm. like, "Oh, it's bad." And then we get closer, and then the whole thing is just a just a pointy tip pointing down. It's just like it's bad news. Everything's red. I'm like, "Oh my god, it's a bad time. It's a bad time. It's bad news." Or it's a good time. You don't know. I'm happy for her friends. I'm happy for her friends that they lost her because they didn't need that black bad influence in their life anymore. And it's it's interesting you say that because like the the dude who was who was holding the kid, you know, while they were crying. B a y t h o n. Say it, spell it. What's his name? B a y t h o n. Bayton. Okay. Bayton. Yeah. He wasn't crying. He he looked like disappointed. He knew. Yeah. He knew. Yeah. He was like, fine, just fine. You know. You gonna leave us? We know one day you gonna leave us on this dust ball of a planet. Going going to do your thing. I'll raise these kids myself. <laughs> All by myself. I. Well, yeah, I one of us enjoyed it. Jocelyn, you sound like you liked it. I did. I I just I I felt like the whole episode to me represented like a loss of innocence, um, and which I thought right. was really interesting. I can see that, mm-hmm. and I say the loss of innocence of the three innocent people because Val can go away. <laughs> she she lost her innocence too, and like her innocence was naivety you know like she was very naive about the whole thing and so i feel like her meeting the sith mother and you know killing this creature i feel like all of that was just like very fast progressive steps towards her complete loss of innocence you know and then like her leaving was like the absolute severance you know of her connection to everything that was innocent in her life so Mm -hmm. I will say, I do, to repeat what I said earlier, um, F them kids. No, but really, um, <laughs> that I do feel like this story was very rushed. And I think if they were able to maybe do a two-parter or something else, it may have worked better for me. But because it was so rushed and I came into this not caring about any of them, yeah. because like, you know, most most episodes give you like the first episode you can start to get to know the people know the characters start being invested in their story 
But these being so short, the storylines also need to be short. So that way it doesn't seem like um, too much, like too much too soon. And for this one, it's like we got a whole journey of them traveling, them taking a break at a firelight, them in the cave, them trying to search, her, the battle, and then her leaving was just all so quick that we never, at least for me, I never had a chance to care about her. And it was just going in like, oh, you selfish. Okay. That's okay. Okay. So it was, um, I just, I, maybe if it was like a two-parter, then maybe I might start to care, but I just yeah. felt like it was very rushed. That's going to be difficult, like you said, because of the time restriction, which it's almost better served to have episodes executed more like the first one, where it's just a simple line. Showcase for the most part, very little dialogue, very little build up, because a few minutes later, it's going to be gone it's all, and over, and you're not going to get to connect as much with the individual characters. And I think the longest episode is like 24 minutes, maybe. So they're not very long. It's not going to be long journeys. It's, you're going to be in and out real quickly with each story. So you're either going to like it or you're not. You're either going to relate to it or not and get what you get from it. Um, like I said, I didn't think this was bad. But kind of like Andrea said, it was kind of a drop off when you start with Sith and then when you careen into uh, Screechers Reach. For me, it was kind of a letdown. And then I, in my mind, I'm like, well, this wasn't as unique as the first one. Um, the story is kind of generic, although I could follow it very easily, it had kind of tropes that I could relate to because I've seen them before. Um, and it was almost like a, a weird prequel of the first episode. Like, this kid doll is going to become a Sith apprentice to the Sith mother. And then we see in the first episode, they've already been through their apprenticeship, got to the point where they didn't want to live that life and then left already mm -hmm. so we see kind of a much older version of the similar type of character like a dog grew up became a sith and was like nah this ain't for me left that's what you were left with with the first episode except for the visuals just spoke to me so much more in the first episode and i'm hoping that disney is giving the opportunity to other studios to play a lot more in this sandbox to see we can get some variants on what we did that's just my my, my take on it Agreed. I also like the art style in that episode just because it reminded me of the Babadook a little bit. Um, of what? The Babadook. I don't know if you guys have seen that horror movie. Um, no. If it's horror, probably not. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Um, in that movie, the Babadook is obviously the villain, but um, like in the beginnings of the movie, the Babadook is in a children's book. It's not a good children's book. It's a hor horrifying children's book. But the art style reminded me of that. So, okay. you know, so it gave me, it just, those vibes were present. I was like, you talking about in uh, Screechers Reach in mm -hmm. that episode? Okay. Yeah. I'll have to check that out and compare that. He's like, he's like, no, nah, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> I was never a horror person. I'm still kind of not, but I am more so now than I've ever been. Um, and it's still not a lot. But I've seen some really good horror movies. The Babadook is a really good horror movie. Um, I would still watch it with all the lights on and muted, but it's it's still good. <laughs> okay, that's different. I, I, like I said, I'll check it out and see if I get those same vibes. Uh, 
I wanted to thank you both for taking time out of your day, uh, chopping it up and talking more about these things. Once again, may the fourth be with y'all. Um, for everybody that caught us on the live, uh, don't forget to check the description of the episode. Uh, there will be Andrea Rose Washington's uh, link tree to her website and I'll so you can get her books and whatnot. Also, the link to Jocelyn Short's website so you can check out her art. Uh, we're looking very much looking forward to her Bears series coming out. And she also did a Mother of Darkness uh, concept art for me uh, in my Mbani series. And we're about to hopefully get to work on some other concepts. The uh, website, the link to my website will be there as well. Um, I guess that's it. Check us out and we will talk and to you. For it. Be May the fourth be with you. She's doing her live long and prosper thing because that's that's how she gets down. Oh, don't forget Trekking Beyond. Her I started podcast. podcast. There you go. Uh, that'll be that's releasing as well. So you can check them out also on Spotify for podcasters. We will check you all out next week. Peace. Bye. Bye.